This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio, Season 6, Episode 28. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 28 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today, we're speaking with Helen Lee Buig, founder of Reboot Foundation, an organization devoted to elevating critical thinking. In a time of vast technological change, the foundation aims to promote richer, more reflective forms of thought in schools, homes, and businesses. The foundation conducts surveys and opinion polls, leads its own research, and supports the work of university-affiliated scholars. Reboot also develops practical tools for parents, teachers, employers, and others interested in cultivating a capacity for critical thinking. Helen is an experienced corporate director and senior executive with expertise in digital transformation, innovation, and turnarounds. She's intervened in over 25 companies as interim CEO, CFO, and advisor. Helen's a former investment banker, private equity investor, and former partner at McKinsey & Company. She's known for her deep business transformation expertise and was named by leading French journals as one of the top five leading turnaround experts in France. She is the proud mother of a seven-year-old daughter. So welcome to the podcast, Helen. Thank you, Lynn and Randy. So let's get our conversation started with a personal story about how you became so passionate about this topic of critical thinking. So my story actually begins as a mother. Um, Basically, actually, my daughter is now nine years old. So the foundation was created two years ago um, when I was in a, in a bit of a stump uh, because I found myself interacting with my daughter who came home from school at age seven. And she had a little homework assignment, which was to write 10 phrases on King Francis. And um, instead of going into a room and looking at the two children's book on King Francis, she actually asked for my computer and proceeded to go on Google, then look up Wikipedia, <laughs> King Francis. She didn't plagiarize, luckily, but she did read, she did scroll down Wikipedia and then proceeded to take out her notebook and write a couple of phrases on what she read. And it got me thinking that you know, a seven-year-old in today's world, that's how they get their information. And I started asking myself, what am I doing differently for the education of my daughter in the world of this digital technology where majority of how we get information is online, where it is different, more, much more difficult to differentiate between institutional sources, blogs, um, types of information. And so that's what got me into thinking about shouldn't we hone more into critical thinking younger 
in terms of our children's education, not only actually our children, but even us as adults, because we find ourselves more and more into instant gratification as we gather information. So let's dig deeper into that, this idea of the why behind critical thinking. You've got your personal story there, but you've also published some some white papers uh, looking particularly at the one called The State of Critical Thinking. So share for our listeners, why is it so important for learners like your daughter and even us as adults to be strong critical thinkers, especially in this world that you described as being so immersed in digital technology? Well, Randy, there's actually multiple phenomena. You know, we're, we're going through a bit of a sociological period that's sort of a period unknown um, because obviously the true expansion of the way we gather information online and actually worse even on social media is really more of a phenomenon that's not existed for 50, 60 years, but has grown exponentially in the last 10 years. And when you keep that in mind, the importance of critical thinking in this type of environment is multiple fold. One is it's becoming more and more known that the actual capabilities that people need in the working environment is around critical thinking because we need to do more analysis on big data, you know, whether it's in the manufacturing sector, whether it's in teaching areas, um, the way we try to grasp and absorb the information, the plethora of information, it requires much more critical thinking skills. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, the way we gather information, especially in social media, which is by definition in their construct of their business plan to try to play on people's emotions so that we buy things more, we are more polarized in terms of political areas as well. Um, we need to have the toolkit ourselves to be able to do more metacognition, thinking about our own thinking, grasping more of the information and do critical thinking. And so in a default way, it's a little bit about preserving our own form of democracy today as well. So let's uh, extend that a little further to this idea of fake news and I know how that context of looking at this through fake news um, really creates even more importance for critical thinking. Yeah, I mean, I like to tell uh, my readers that fake news is not the cause. It's really a symptom of um, our inability or less um, practicing of critical thinking. And let me explain what I mean by that. Um, the phenomenon of fake news has been perpetuated because it actually feeds on um, basically our human emotions. And when people talk about critical, you know, some people ask me, what is the opposite of critical thinking? And I think the simplistic answer is selective thinking. What would the selective mean, thinking mean? You know, we as human individuals, uh, because of our insecurities, because of our own emotions, we like to be validating our own views rather than thinking about opposing views or thinking about, you know, different um, ways of thinking. And fake news truly does feed on that selective thinking. So, for example, if you fundamentally don't like Trump's ideas and you click likes on a couple of articles on Facebook, naturally, the algorithm of Facebook of what it feeds you is going to be around um, 
predominantly articles that are obviously anti-Trump. So that's just the nature of social media and compounded with that, because we all know, um, naturally there isn't clear screening of what is fake news and what, what's not fake news. So it just propounds that further, which is the self-inflicting situation <laughs> and the vicious circle where we become more and more enthroned into fake news itself. Mm. So that's why the fundamental you know, skills of critical thinking ultimately come into play. Because what is, what is critical thinking? It's the ability to stop and actually pause and question your own biases and question your own natural tendencies about your insecurities and your initial emotional reactions. Um, and having the ability to take a pause and saying, okay, this may be my gut view, but what are their opposing views and what other fact base should I evaluate to truly refine my way of thinking? So let's take that idea of uh, us sort of being biased to our own emotions and, and things that affirm and confirm that. And the foundation has designed a critical thinking framework um, called Sharp Thinking, I believe, which uses yeah. things like reflection, reasoning, and creativity for making decisions. Talk to us a little bit more about uh, that framework and how it can help us to sort of get out of that cycle. Yeah. So it's funny because, um, you know, when I was talking to my team um, as we were working, you know, with the Reboot Foundation, the word critical thinking itself is a bit soporific, right? Because it sounds very philosophical. <laughs> it sounds kind of boring. And we said, you know, what what can we capture that kind of captures the nature of what we need to do for critical thinking, but in a catchy way and in a way that's easy for us to remember? And that's why we came up with the SHARP framework. So. Um, SHARP really stands for stop, hone, accumulate, reason, and perspectivize. And I think perspectivize is a word that we might have created, but let me explain <laughs> what, what, what's behind it. So um, really for us, critical thinking is about first stop is just taking the time to pause and actually engage in, for example, um, getting ready for to actually frame your question. Hone is actually asking the right questions. It's questioning the assumptions, trying to frame exactly what you're trying to answer. And accumulate is about analyzing the data. So rather than just going with anecdotes or stories, trying to truly outline and sufficiently substantiate fact base that can help you um, analyze your actual assumptions and questions. And reason is um, basically using logic to review the evidence um, and reason in terms of how you think about the actual problem itself. And why we added perspectivize? Because this is the fundamental view of needing to incorporate opposing views as well. You know, it's very common for us to live in our own little bubble. Um, we tend to surround ourselves with people that think like us, that um, not just on political views, but even in terms of in business, for example, uh, we, 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 we often wrote, you know, roam in similar circles. And that's what we wanted to express by perspectivize, which is actually kind of like um, the stop, you know, taking a pause and trying to 
incorporate in your thinking other people's perspectives um, that will help you round out your actual reflection even better. And we believe that if you incorporate those five elements in your actual reasoning and decision-making, you can actually become a much better, better critical thinker. So I think the one that resume, resonates with me is that first one, actually stop, because I think in this world that we live in, things are going so fast. And I think our ability to be mindful and just sort of like be alone or be thoughtful about something and just sort of like reflect, like give yourself that space. I don't think, I think in my, I'm saying about my own life, I guess, that it's been hard to really stop, to really get make that a habit, make that um, a habit of mind to be able to do that. And so if you can't do that, then you can't do those other things um, that, that follow in that, in the framework. I think that's right. And everybody has a different way of how they stop, right? Um, so some people want to do more meditation, but I would say even just going for a rock around the block um, without, for example, your iPhone in your hand, mm-hmm. um, or if, you know, if you're in the subway, you're not constantly on your iPhone looking at Netflix or <laughs> uh, Googling um, information, uh, just, just truly having no um, social media around you pausing and just listening to your even self breathe is in and of itself something that allows you to capture that moment that allows you to stop and reflect and think about what you want to reflect on. So you also have created a website, reboot-foundation.org. And the website has many resources, which we think our listeners would be interested in learning more about. So could you highlight a few of those resources for us? Um, And knowing our listeners can be leaders, teachers, even parents um, at times. So um, when we founded um, Reboot Foundation, originally what we were really targeting was to provide a toolkit for parents to help children develop critical thinking skills. Um, You know, you mentioned um, the state of critical thinking article that we wrote, Randy, that was kind of a precursor to try to understand the importance and the necessity of how people give value of critical thinking, especially in the education of our children. Um, But since then, we've realized that um, it's kind of like, you know, natural for us adults to somewhat project the importance of skills to our children when in reality we know ourselves that we know we need to develop um, um, this capability um, for us as well. So the way we st- we've structured um, the website is you can actually find resources for adults mm-hmm. and you can also find resources for children and teens. So we've structured the website so that it's more catered towards different age groups. Now, for children, it's more around centered around uh, parenting guides, especially for children's ages 5 to 9, 10 to 12, 13 to 15. And then for adults, we've tried to do different categories of reflecting on critical thinking. And just to give you an indication, um, uh, we wrote an article recently in the Harvard Business Review, um, and that was obviously more towards management and business people um, in terms of the key um, elements, key techniques of critical thinking. 
But we've also written various articles, including reflections, for example, how the US Army and the Navy are thinking about critical thinking. Um, and um, so different types of um, uh, organizations and how they approach critical thinking. The number of calls and requests I get, for example, from doctor associations about <clears throat> how do we integrate critical thinking, especially <clears throat> the aging population, <clears throat> the different medical health, et cetera. How do we think out of the box and think about critical thinking are elements that you know we get a lot of inquiries about. So um, we've been trying to adapt to the different populations in terms of what they're focused on. And naturally, the third category that we haven't talked yet about, but equally important, is a toolkit for for teachers. Um, so we, we, we talked a lot about how parents should address critical thinking, but we also understand that um, teachers are very engaged and want to be more involved in bringing it into the schools. So that's probably the third category that's um, kind of coming attractions that we're going to add to our website. So it sounds like there's a lot there to delve into and um, consider even looking at something that may not be um, for the intended audience, but would benefit you on the sort of periphery. Interesting connection to the doctor's offices. I wouldn't have really thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I think one of the joys of Reboot Foundation is um, the types of inquiries that we receive. You know, you, we, I just mentioned mm -hmm. doctors. Um, I received uh, about a few months ago also from the fire department of New Zealand in terms of how they need to think about critical thinking. So, you know, you can, you can understand that it is something um, that it, people appreciate the importance, especially in this evolving, rapidly evolving environment. And as people think about how they need to adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a universal skill, right? So uh, to finish up our conversation, we uh, ask all of our podcast guests what we call lightning round, lightning response questions. So our first question to you, Helen, is who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about critical thinking? I think one person that I've really appreciated her work is um, Heather Butler, who's actually tried to link more and more critical thinking to practical applications. So, for example, you know, Heather Butler will talk about the fact that um, those who demonstrate more critical thinking actually, for example, are less indebted. Um, they make better decisions. Um, and so, and I think in terms of the initial framing of critical thinking and how that applies to our day-to-day -day lives, um, I, I have a lot of admiration for the work that she's doing. Okay. If you were recommending one book to our listeners, what would it be? So this is one area where I don't have an answer, Randy. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to the genesis of why I created the Reboot Foundation. Um, when we started researching around critical thinking, I probably bought mm. over 40 books with the title Critical Thinking, <laughs> including actually Critical Thinking for Dummies. And I found myself... <laughs> After 10 pages of reading Critical Thinking for Dummies, it was putting me to sleep. So it wasn't the intention, but um, the reality is, is there's a lot of books around critical thinking. 
However, a lot of it is unfortunately tended more towards um, primers for consultants, management consultants, mm. or it tends to be a lot of esoteric and theoretical and less practical information. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the Reboot Foundation is trying to bring the best and make references to articles and research that makes critical thinking more practical rather than theoretical. Yeah, definitely elevating the narrative around critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Last question, what online site resource or person do you learn from regularly? I learn every day um, from you know various um, resources. There are multiple, multiple schools, teachers around the world um, focusing on critical thinking. Um, obviously, if you look for if you're looking for statistical studies, the NAEP, um, OECD, you know they're constantly producing excellent information around um, different uh, age groups and categories around education for critical thinking. But um, I think you know we st at the Reboot Foundation we try to stay true to what we're preaching, which is we need to be curious, we need to um, search. And um, one of the areas that I try to propagate other people's information around critical thinking is through our column in the Forbes uh, website. Um, you can find me also on Forbes um, in education section um, on their website, in which case I typically publish every three to four weeks where I actually give references to different organizations that are trying to promote critical thinking. All right, so we'll make sure those resources appear in our show notes. All right, last question for you, Helen, as we wrap up our conversation today. What's next for you? What are you working on now that you would like to share with our listeners? So as I mentioned earlier, um, we're really excited about trying to provide better guides for teachers um, in different age groups so that um, the teachers have a better tool to bring more critical thinking age appropriate in the schools. So that's one thing that uh, we're actively working on in 2020 um, um, to, to try to bring to the public. Uh, we continue to finance and support different researchers. So just to give you a little bit of an example, um, right now we are financing a PhD candidate in France named Manon Beriche, who is actually doing a PhD study around um, Prior understanding of the prioritization of gut of, of, of emotions and how that has an impact in terms of fake news. Mm. So not just making the causal relationship between emotions, fake news, and social media, but what is the actual psychological genesis that makes certain phrases or certain ideas propagate more than others, for example. Um, and then we're also... Um, sponsoring Tanya Lombrazo from Princeton University, who is actually um, doing much more pragmatic work around critical thinking in terms of uh, prioritization of gut feeling relative to critical thinking. How, what's that causal relationship? Uh, we're also working with Professor Ahn at Yale University. So there's a lot of new research that we're constantly working on um, that we hope to bring forth on our website as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. Um, to learn more about Helen's work, you'll see those links in the show notes. 
um, including references um, that Helen made to the Forbes writing, the white paper, um, even linking to the website and the Twitter handles to learn more and follow Helen's work. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, what have you learned about the importance of critical thinking and how can we better create critical thinking opportunities for our learners? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season six, episode 28. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Helen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.